Boom. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Palace fans from around the world. Welcome to another edition of the Red and Blue Review. My name is Ian Noble, and I'm sitting in for Nick Philpott this evening, who's still sunning himself on a beach somewhere uh, in Europe, I believe. And with me tonight, I've got the A-team, as you can see, joining me on screen. I have Lucy Asher, everyone. Hello, Lucy. Good evening. Hello, Ian. Thank you for having me here tonight. It's a pleasure. I'm glad you could join us. And uh, Jill, Lord Holyoke. Good evening to you, sir. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, very good. A little bit of a delay there, because um, in Alpington, it's on a different time zone, obviously, to the rest of the world. And um, back by popular demand for the second week running after a fair absence, uh, Mr Ian Lyons. Welcome, Ian. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me back. I think the popular demand's pushing it a little bit. After <laughs> let's, let's wait until after tonight, shall we? You had a birthday this week, is that right as well? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so you're near. You're catching me up, I believe. That's what I'm told, anyway. So, oh, I'll never catch you. Sixty. Up, <laughs> uh, oh, good that stuff. Was last, that was last year, Joe. There we go. Welcome, everybody. It's really good to see you. So many people joining us already in the chat, and we'll come to you guys very, very shortly. Um, before we get things uh, underway, Lucy, you've got a, a few sort of somber words to say about somebody who's passed away recently. Yeah, that's right. So I just want to put out a heartfelt um, sort of love and respect to Alan Larkham's family. Um, Alan, a longtime Palace fan and season ticket holder, followed Palace everywhere. Sadly, he passed away a few days ago on Sunday. Uh, so just would like everyone to, to wish his family, especially sort of Suzanne, um, and everyone, you know, you're in our thoughts. Much love to you. And um, send them our love and regards in the comments as well. Let them feel the the palace love. Um, you're all very much in our thoughts. Rest in yeah, peace, well, Alan. Well said, Lucy. Yes, rest in peace, Alan, of course. Now, before we review last night's game, because that's the main talking point of this evening, before we get to those talking points, um, it's been a busy week uh, in uh, the, the life of Crystal Palace Football Club since our last show. Uh, and I just want to touch on a few um, bits of news about our some of our academy lads. So um, Malachi Boatang um, has joined Scottish Championship Club Queen's Park on loan. Jiz um, Ragsaki, he's uh, signed a five-year deal with Crystal Palace, committing his future to the club until 2027. But he's joined League One club Charlton, and he starts for them this evening, apparently, making his debut. Mm. I sort of like saying that. League One Charlton. Let's say it again. League One Charlton. Okay. Uh, Jez, hope you have a great season. Um, Scott Banks has joined League Two Club Bradford on loan. Um, and um, manager there at Bradford, you know, is um, Mark Hughes, of all people. Boo as well. So we wish him well at Bradford. Um, next up, um, Tayo Adaramola. Um, he's joined uh, Championship Club Coventry City. Now, their game against Wigan tonight in the Championship is uh, postponed. No idea why that's off. Someone might know in the chat. They could tell us about that. So, uh, he's joined Coventry. Um, and Academy prospect David Ozo. He signed a professional contract with the club. 17-year-old midfielder played a major part in Rob Quinn's under-18 side last season, making 28 appearances in all competitions. Uh, and then we signed a young lad from uh, Larn FC in Northern Ireland. Uh, Kofi Barmer, 21-year-old defender. So welcome to the club for you, matey. And then finally, Sean Grehan is the second academy arrival this summer. He is also a centre-back and um, Dublin-born lad. So we're getting the Irish lads in. We've got Killian Phillips as well, of course, uh, playing in the uh, under-21s. So that's great stuff. Welcome to Crystal Palace, all you guys um, that are joining us. And I wish all those academy lads well in their loan spells out getting valuable experience in the lower leagues. Now, later in the show, we'll look at the under-21 games this last week. Since we last did the show, the under-21s have played twice and won twice. Um, we've got an under-18 match to look at as well a little bit briefly. We're going to preview Villa and Oxford. Uh, we'll talk about the Channel 4 documentary, Football Dreams, the Academy. We'll touch on our Super 6 and FPL early leaders. But before we do any of that, of course... Uh, I got back from Liverpool um, about lunchtime today. It was um, a long night up there, and um, I think the result exceeded our expectations in the end. Uh, let's have a look at the lineup, Nige. Um, we have producer guy Nige to show us the lineup, and um, we'll cover that. So, 
he needs to put it on screen. There we are. Thank you very much. Um, Kuita in goal, of course, and uh, interesting lineup. Wasn't it? It, it sort of uh, I was thinking a bit pre-game when that came out at seven p.m. last night. Five across the back: Klein, Ward, Anderson, Gehi, and Mitchell across the back. Uh, Dukure in a sort of holding role, Stupaneze in midfield uh, with Ayu, and then and um, our two main forwards, Eduardo and Mateta, left on the bench. And uh, we'll come to it later in the game, but didn't Patrick Vieira use his subs well last night? I think arguably we've had the hardest start in the Premier League. The fixture, um, this has not been kind to us, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City um, in the first four games. So I'm going to come to you first, Ian Lyons. Um, talk us through that first half uh, yesterday uh, and, and your thoughts really about the lineup as well and uh, expectations. Okay, before uh, before I do so, just to let you know, Coventry's games called off are like their, their other games because of the state of their pitch after the Commonwealth Games because uh, they played the Sevens rugby on it. So it's still a pile of rubbish. Um, not that it probably improve what their their game, but there you go. That's why. Um, okay, so before let's set the scene then. Uh, this well on last week's show, I certainly was very pessimistic as to what this outcome was going to be. You know, you touched on it earlier just a minute ago, Ian. That uh, I think statistically we have the hardest start to any Premier League campaign in its thirty-year history based on where those teams finished at the end of the season. Clearly, Man United are proving to be uh, a little nice little bonus for everyone at the minute. So, clearly, after uh, Liverpool's draw, humbling draw, uh, against uh, or at the hands of Gels' uh, number one striker, uh, Mitrovic, we were looking to get on the back of a hiding, I think. Uh, and that's certainly what we were expecting. We've lost the last 10 meetings, conceding 30 goals. Uh, but on the bright side, there was no Mane, who always scores against us. Um, and before the game, they uh, Liverpool had conceded first in their last five Prem games. So there was always uh, the potential to, to get one in, in the net. So, as you said, change of system. So nice to see Vieira changing the system accordingly. You know, we've been saying it for years and years and years. You know, you, you need to understand your opposition and set up uh, accordingly. Not to say that it wasn't uh, fraught with danger. Uh, almost it gave us gave me flashbacks of playing under Roy Hodgson, you know, just like the Alamo. But um, that's how it transpired. I mean, the, the first the first 10 minutes, we were second to everything. Um, I mean, even in the first minute, Milner beat Ayu to a ball. The ball came out to Ayu and he just stood there waiting for it to come to him and a 40 year old almost 40 beating for pace <laughs> beating for pace got straight in Gaeta got injured straight away so you're thinking oh my god we've got another 90 odd minutes of this but fortunately nothing nothing happened there um and soon after then Harvey Elliott gets into a bit of space uh and then gets a shot Anderson's blocked it followed up by a Nunes uh snatch shot and it's probably not the 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 most um, sane thing he did in the game, as we'll cover later. Um, in that period, in that first 15 minutes, we hardly got the ball down and touched it, uh, you know, touched the ball and got it down. We were just panicking, panicking, panicking. Um, and we had serious issues with such an overloaded defence, transitioning from defence to midfield and midfield up to, to Will. Uh, and they just kept coming back, kept coming back, wave after wave. Uh, you know, and I made a note say that it's, it's the 11 minute. It, it's taken until the 11th minute for us to get the ball down and pass it, where Jeffrey Schlupp did. Um, and then when we did, we broke and got across into the box. Um, but up until that point, it was looking disjointed. Uh, still an effect, I think, from uh, pre-season. Then... Um, <clears throat> Eze on 17 minutes started to, who'd been quiet up to that point, sparked into a bit of life. I still think he's struggling. Uh, he still uh, he still needs a few more games to get into it, to, to the swing of things. But he broke through uh, and then, uh, sorry, he, he broke through and was played through by Wilf, which again, we saw against Arsenal, didn't we? With that mm -hmm. little link up, mm -hmm. uh, which was promising. 
<laughs> he hit it straight at the keeper. Thankfully, he was offside. But yet again, I think I think I think he needs to go to have a bit of shooting practice. Um, then then they came back as more panic defending. Mitchell slicing it, Wald heading it, and it's just going up in the air and landing to one of their players, etc. Um, and that in itself, you know, just builds a pressure on the team. Builds a pressure on the team because every they they, they are actually displaying how nervous and anxious they are by snatching at stuff, snatching at stuff. Um, then they started to double up on Mitchell. Mitchell up until that point had been doing a really, really good job on uh, Salah, I thought. Yeah. Then then Trent Alexander was overloading on him and that started causing us problems as they were starting to get round. Um, but even though, uh, I mean, by this time, I'm talking about 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, the crowd, we'd subdued the crowd. Right, because we were just putting up a white wall. Um, Wald at the time was playing superb. Gay and Anderson were covering for each other. Mitchell, as I've already said, uh, had done really well as well. Um, and it didn't look, or I, I, at no point did I think they're going to cut us open, but the, with the amount of pressure, you just know something's coming. Yeah. But on that, um, on 31 minutes, the something that was coming was actually from us. The ball comes out from the goalkeeper, uh, straight to Eze, sparks into a bit of brilliance, takes it down, and in the next touch, beats the press of the two players. And again, what I love about Eze is when he's, I mean, he's a, he's a Rolls Royce, isn't he? Let's be honest. When he's on the ball, you know, he'll drop his shoulder, drop people on the floor, you know, he moves effortlessly. Up until that point, he'd, he'd either lost the ball or whatever. But that one split second, he showed his quality, laid up a perfectly weighted ball to Will, who still had a lot of work to do. And up until that point, it was noticeable that Will was pulling on to the other centre-half. I can't remember his name now. But Dan... Dan uh, yeah, Phillips. whoever. Yeah, Dan Phillips. All right, so he's pulling off onto his shoulder rather than coming up against Van Dyke. And I think that played into it. Uh, he then broke free and didn't he finish it well? I mean, uh, I think after the after the game, they were saying it was Henri esque, uh, and that yes. the reason Van, Van Dyke could well have closed him down, but the thought is that he didn't because he knew he had like pretty much the best goalkeeper or one of the best goalkeepers in the world, who's very rarely beaten from that type of angle. Superb finish in off the post, and it was so quiet at the time you could hear it hit the post and then the net and then. You know, everything just exploded. And then so, Wilf, Wilf looked back, didn't he? Ian? He he looked. He didn't celebrate straight away. He sort of looked and just checked that he wasn't offside. And he was right to do so because it was it was really really close. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen it since Ian, but Phillips back back leg played him on. Yeah, that was the beauty of that pass and that finish. So of course. Anfield is stunned. I mean, what was it like when when that goal went in? Was it hard to believe? Because obviously it was at the other it, end. It, it was like, hard right? to believe and it was hard to see, actually, you know, because I was about 15 rows back and you saw the ball get passed forward, but you couldn't tell whether he was off or on. You know, it was no different from the earlier one that you mentioned when the roles were reversed and Wilf played Eze in and you think, is he off, is he on? And, you know, obviously when you watch it back, it's clear. But when you're in the away end at Anfield, you can't really see. But when it went in and he he, he just wheeled away, crikey, there were limbs, mate, in that away end. It was absolutely fabulous. It I really can imagine. Really and they, that, you know, that, I've got to say, they must be sick. I know that they've beaten us in the last 10 times, but we've, that's, we've taken so many points off them over the last five years, six years at Anfield. You know, they yeah. must be sick to the back of us. But um, once a goal went in, it was then all Palace for for five, six minutes. Um, Eze then put Wilf through again. Uh, but this time, it, sh it was a, such a tame shot. It was actually a better chance than the original one. He was yeah. on the side again. Should have stuffed it. Then then checked Decore, who had been worryingly quiet. But then, again, you've got to consider it's the opposition is against and they're overloading and everything else. He then suddenly pipes up and then has a long-range effort as well. So we're, we're actually getting out and building a pressure. We're actually playing the way we should have done. We've got the goal ahead, and then we're trying to catch them even more on a break. Um, and then with five minutes to go the, the first half, 
Ducore then puts Wilf through again and he hits it straight at the keeper again. You know, he's having an, an, no, he's having a lot of joy playing on Philip's shoulder. Um, uh, but it just shows you how important that first strike was because there were two easier chances and he's fluffed his eyes. Um, and then right at the death, right at the death, there was like three minutes of, of injury time. Nunes is clearing on goal, miss kicks it and hits the post. And you just think, oh, oh can someone blow the whistle? You know, that's it. And that's over. I wasn't so watching this stage. I was like this. Yeah, I can imagine. So that was the first half. Yeah, thank you, Ian, very much indeed. Um, Jill, you obviously watched the game as well. Is there anything that Ian hasn't mentioned that you think, why didn't he mention that? No, not really. Um, only The only thing I will say is, had that been a Liverpool goal, our goal been a Liverpool goal, it's still beyond on repeat on Sky and, and YouTube and, and, and Twitter and everything. Um, that touch for Meze to kill those two players, Stone dead, take him out of the game, is is what it seems to be. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but they literally only put the odd player on Wilf. Sometimes they doubled up on him, but Eze, they double, tripled four up on him sometimes to stop him from turning. Look at somebody where he turns himself into trouble sometimes, but he's got that strength and a little bit of pace to jump out of it. They kept literally having, they kept having to foul him. Yeah, totally. And you, you mentioned that, I think it was Gary Neville said that the goal was Henri-esque. Yeah. There's a bit of feedback on now, but never mind. But I've also seen on, on social media that, that Eze's touch and the pass was likened to Bergkamp, which uh, made me smile as well. You know, so we got all these Arsenal links, but, but hey ho. Um, Lucy, in the chat, what are people saying about the game? Okay, right, let's have a look. So there's plenty of hellos, and we'll come to you very shortly. Um, however, um, what, are, what are our sort of lovely viewers what saying about the game? So um, we've got um, Tom Clark Samuel. Hey, Tom, thanks for everything you do in the background. Said that the pitch was unplayable. I don't think it was unplayable. Was it just a bit wet and slippery? Too, too wet. Was it, is that what it was? Too, it been watered too much. The rest of the UK is on fire, but that pitch is fine. Uh, okay, so we've also got um, Kevin Lyon saying he was in the prawn sandwiches with loads of overly uh, partisan Liverpool fans, so that's that's good. Um, also, we have um, sort of lots of comments sort of coming into sort of the, th the threats against Anderson, but more of that later on, so don't fear, we will co come to that. Uh, Miko uh, Koronen says the away stand at Liverpool is one of the worst in the country. Um, lots of hellos from different uh, people there. Uh, Uriel uh, Hilaire-Miller, Anderson has large pockets, though. Uh, Nunes fits just right. I think we'd all uh, agree with that. Uh, Tim Richards says last night was a PBA managerial masterclass, completely outthought Klopp. Uh, would you say that if it was Roy? It was very Roy Ball. Um, but anyway, uh, how many uh, saves did uh, uh, VG have to make? What did Salah do? Ward and Klein, outstanding. MG and JA, superb. Only one weak link. Uh, also, uh, Jones asking, what injury did Guata get? I think it was egg egg bruise to the shin which they wrapped in cling film which was uh which took up a bit of time so that was good uh hello to palace pins as well uh paul holden will luke plonge get some time is it plonge plange i know joe will laugh at, at me saying that um also, uh, we have um, sort of Paul Holden saying, yeah, the ball, the, the grass was too wet. Um, and also uh, Kevin Lyons, hello Kev. Uh, the Liverpool fans around him were accusing Palace of time waste and when they were passing to each other, they were absolutely delusional. Uh, and also um, we've got here, da, 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 Teresa, hey Teresa. Um, the biggest problem uh, with only Zaha up front, it makes him look lazy when uh, sort of perhaps he's not. Um, back to you, Mr Noble. Yeah, thanks, Lucy, for that. And thanks, everyone. So, yeah, um, goodness me, first half, 1-0. We couldn't quite believe that we were going in leading last night. Just a word about the back five or certainly the central three defenders. One thing I did notice when Mitchell did get beaten on one occasion uh, by Salah, Mark Gehe managed to get over and cover. Now, I think if there were only two centre-backs, he might not have been able to do that. And that, that enabled us to defend and absorb absolutely everything that Liverpool threw at us in that first half. And we rode our luck a bit, didn't we? Let's be clear. You know, it's one of those things. And um, we were fortunate in some respects. So, Ian, do you want us to talk us through the, the second half? Uh, you know, how you saw it. And, of course, yeah. the, the big talking point in the second half. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah. Just to uh, to touch on that, I think um, you know before that, I think we, you know, when it's all said and done, we were still quite disjointed in the first half. I don't think we played any anywhere as near as well as we can do, and I think that's getting lost in all this Nunes rubbish and you know and the, the woe is uh, woe is Liverpool etc. Um, I think it's important to know that, I, that from the entire game uh, and the second half performance against Arsenal, I think there's a lot more still to come from us, which is obviously very, very promising. So, yeah, um, I think Kev touched on it uh, uh, in the comments about, you know, Liverpool fans complaining about us time wasting. And they were doing that from the start, to be fair. Every time, I think in the, in the third minute, we took, we had a goal kick and they're booing at him and trying to get him to take it kick quicker and everything else. They were um, booing every time I went down. And actually, uh, there's something I'd like to point out is I'm so pleased that refs are letting stuff go now yeah. because Ayu and Wilf, amongst a lot of others, John McGinn, Jamie Vardy, you know, lots of them, just go down way too easy. And it's frustrating for us as it is for uh, for other fans because people like I will be in a great position and he'll just throw himself to the ground without being touched. So, you know, I think, uh, I think as things go, go on, I think that will become uh, one of the best rule changes if they stick to it. I think that's the key, if they stick to it. Right, so yeah, so the second half starts, they're already booing at us, complaining, uh, complaining with time wasting. In fact, the ref has a word with Ward on 47 minutes, uh, just about that. Um, and the first five, 10 minutes half, just see us simply kicking the ball up the pitch to relieve pressure. It's almost as if having gone in at 1-0, one 1-0 nil, one nil up, we're on mentally on the defensive. Like, it's, this is the Alamo. This is the last stand, boys. Let's see it out for 50 minutes. Um, and then uh, Decore starts to come into the game a bit more now, uh, which was good to see. And then on 56 minutes, the, it probably was... I know it's the talking point of the match, and it probably was the turning point of the match as well. Nunes red card. I mean, um, I, and and I would say when I say it's nice to see, I, I don't mean it in that way. Um, it, it's a proper headbutt, a proper headbutt that deserved a red card. I know that you shouldn't be putting your head into anyone's face, but that was old school bang. And I think. I think Anderson went down as much with shock as, as anything that it, you know, it almost lost his bottom teeth in in his forehead, and that all came about because Anderson was winding him up, he was roughing him up, yes. uh, you know, he was playing and getting him into his ear, and again, when you see the the replays back, the ref is looking directly, and Nunes has already, you know, spoken to the ref and said, look, what's he doing, right at the time, so he's drawing the ref's attention. Then gets a, a bit of a shove from Anderson and then does that right in front of the ref. And then he's got the temerity to say, I did nothing wrong. Yeah, I know. If you If you um, just see why um, Anderson is sort of races after him, it's because seconds before, Nunes sort of backs in and does like a cheeky back head butt towards does. Anderson. It doesn't it doesn't connect, but that's why when the ball goes out, Anderson's sort of coming up and gesturing and sort of giving him a poke, which he got a yellow for fair dues. And then Nunes loses his head and sort of starts headbutting. So it's interesting that kind of little he, he got suckered in, didn't he? Yeah, but it had been a battle all game, hadn't it? Yeah. And Anderson yeah. hadn't done anything wrong. I mean, I've read so much rubbish. I'd have bit of time to kill traveling back i read so much rubbish being written about anderson you know playing outside the rules he didn't at all he just played a really good game as a center back and and he won the battle against against center forward and as you're, you're right lucy he, he he backed into him and anderson wasn't having that which is why he touched him and the reaction was unbelievable um gel Yeah, no, I was uh, I was just going to back up what what Lucy said, but and, and again, just reiterate that the whole game um, they they were uh, at each other. Um, I think Anderson roughed him up probably five, six, seven times beforehand, but then he just started giving it back as well, which is it's, it was good to see. It was a good battle, but obviously, you know, things weren't going their way. You can see he's got a temperament problem, um, and I think he just played completely into our hands, really. Yeah, absolutely. 
So should we have done better with the goalie in lines, their equaliser? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was only like five minutes after. And, it, and as soon as they go down to 10 men, the alarm bells start ringing because I can't remember the last time we've well the last time we've played well against 10 men it's almost as if they they've not had one sent off they've had two book two extras bought on yeah maybe i'll tell you what uh so so there was a couple of things again last night sky muted the palace fans uh you could hardly hear them throughout the game and then after the sending off Alan Smith said one of the most unbelievable things I've ever heard in a commentary. And he said, what Liverpool need to do now is get at the Palace players and get one of the players that's already been booked, try and get him sent off. I was like, what the fuck? Honestly, it was one of the worst things I've ever heard in commentary. And, and the, 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 the wailing and gnashing of teeth because Palace have, have had the absolute, I, I was going to say temerity, but just the absolute outrageousness to go up here. A, score. B, look like they might win. I mean, it was just a, just a joke. The reason why many, many people, like myself, don't, and I, you know, Paul Bristow come at me about, about it, you know, if you watch Monday Night Football, I don't watch any other game ever if it's not about Palace. I don't watch it because football in this country makes me sick. The sycophancy from the hierarchy to the top six, seven teams is just it's just appalling. And and like I said, I'm under no illusion at all that we are the equivalent of what England used to do back in the in in, in the nineties. That's what we are. And, and, and I think they'd like nothing better than for us to just scuttle on back to the championship and be the small little tin pot team that they all think we are. Say what you think, Joe. That's what we like about you on this show. Say what you really think. Um, I'm going to come back to Ian now. Tell, talk us about the goal, the, the equaliser. Yeah, I mean, listen, Joe's right. They, we're regarded as anti-establishment now, you know, because we keep upsetting the top team's party. You know, Man City probably know what's coming next. But... Um, yeah, so that then led on, 10 men led on inevitably to their equaliser. And let's be honest, I thought Diaz was probably the best player on the pitch. I thought he had an absolute superb game. And when you compare the amount they paid for him compared to Nunes, 20 million or so is difference, but nevertheless, you know, he, he's by far and away showing that he's a better player. I think we could have, uh, I think uh, I saw Joan uh, say something about it, and she, I think she's right, in the we could certainly have got a foot in. You know, we're, all we've done is we've given him an escort around the. Um, he started off with some great footwork, then gave him an escort across the across mm. the, the penalty area, but then he stuffed it away. And that's what your players. That's what you want your players to do. You know, that's why he's get gets paid the the you know the big bucks. And he he's like single-handedly pulled them back into the game. So as soon as, and then all of a sudden you can hear the fans as if someone's yeah. turned up. Yeah. A bit like Arsenal when they scored. That's the only time you can actually hear them uh, the the other the other week. So then then obviously you got the atmosphere, uh, you know, and it starts. And that's just more mental pressure that we've got to deal with. So Edward comes on for Ayu. Don't think Ayu did much to be honest, apart from throw himself on the floor all the time. Um, kept the losing Ayu the ball. fan club on this on this podcast. We love it. Well, listen, I you know I I like to think. Credit where credit's due. Gave Luca credit last week for his performance when he came on. Are you you give credit when he's actually done really well? But unfortunately, you know I don't. I he didn't do that well, and he, he didn't do that well uh, against Arsenal either. So I thought it was the right move to bring uh, Edouard on again. Yes. Again, it's, again as we've spoken before, Vieira like the way Vieira makes his subs. He's not scared to make subs, and he does it for the right reason. Even if it goes wrong, you can see why he's doing it. Um, so, Edouard comes on, but it doesn't make much of a, a, a difference initially. Liverpool are now dominating and, um, you know, we're simply not getting to grips with the 10. Then Wall gets a yellow card for an innocuous foul on Diaz. He, t he chases him deep into uh, our, their final third, almost on their penalty box. And doesn't take him out, just just stands in, you know, and then gets a yellow card. And that goes back to what Joe was saying, because, you know, all of a sudden the card count starts coming up. Uh, and Alan Smith mentions it again about, you know, that's what you want to yeah. do. 
you want to get the yellow cards. Um, but we're still second to every ball. We we were so entrenched on holding out that twenty that that uh, the edge of the eighteen yard line. When the ball came out, none of us were closing it down. Um, and and oddly enough, I don't know if anyone else multi ball is supposed to speed things up. Yesterday it seemed to slow things down. Uh, you know, they were confu confusion as to what ball to go for and everything else. So which was a bit odd. Um, then. Uh, Wolf breaks with the ball, but Diaz does some great work tracking him back. You think Wolf is away, tracks him back, bullies him off the ball, and then starts another attack. Eze passes the ball out of play for the third time, you know, in the match. Where, you know, it, 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 it nowhere near passing it to the player, just goes straight out of play. Um, and it was quite a frustrating game from Eze. Sean brilliantly, very briefly, but overall, it, didn't really do a lot in the game um, destructively. Um, and then 78 minutes, we suddenly burst into life again. A great cross from Decore, but Wilf on the far post doesn't get it in. Now, I thought he hit the post, but you'd be better better to see whether he did or not, Ian, did he? Oh, in the ground, we couldn't tell. But actually, watching it back, absolutely he hit the post. But what he should have done, he should have hit it with his left foot instead of his right. He hit it with the outside of his right foot, and he needed to hit, connect with his left foot. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, he, he did well to get there, I thought. Um, but he yeah. hit the post. But it was nice to see that we broke out and Decore having a bit of legs about him and getting across in. I think we're, I think he'll go into things anyway. But Wilf could quite easily have had a hat-trick in that game if he had, if, I don't know, he was probably a little bit more clinical. Um so we certainly had had the chances. Uh, then, um, then Wolf gets into the box on on eighty minutes, and instead of hitting the ball first time, tries to control it, falls over it. Another opportunity spurned. Um, and then towards the end, we were just messing around with it at the back when we were getting goal kicks. Gaeta just you know looking for Gate. He was actually on the goal line behind him, and we were yeah. Just... I'm glad I'm glad that was up the other end because that. Gives you a heart attack, mate. What it, you was, know? It, it, it certainly was watching it. I don't know why we weren't just stuffing it up. Um, and then, uh, and then towards the end, Elise comes on. Great to see him back. I thought he did really well in that five minutes that he was on. Um, and then VG was booked for time wasting before, uh, before Anderson has a last minute effort and you know, yeah. finishes one off. It does, right. I'm going to come to Gel first and then you, Lucy, for the chat. So, Gel, you were waiting very patiently in the wings there, mate. Yeah, no, so coming to the uh, coming to the substitutions, I know you said that um, Patrick used his substitution very well. I, I slightly disagree that he only gave Michael Elise a few minutes because what he did in that few minutes was more than I did in most of the game. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if he was fit enough to come on as a sub, then... I know I'm baiting are I, 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 you again, but listen, I, honestly, Jesus. I, we played 9-1 um, as a formation, and I thought, well, probably 8-1 because I didn't see him do anything. Honestly, I didn't see him. He did that one thing where he fell over, expecting <laughs> to get a free kick. <laughs> um, there it is. Jordan and I, who's number one fan yeah. there, uh, please yeah. can I have Same your shirt? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I dang that shirt up, honestly. I, got, I, I built a new bin shed. I built a new bin shed around the side of my house. Um, you burn I, it. I thought, again, uh, uh, I wouldn't burn it. I'd never buy a shirt. But I'd I, I see what I'd do. I'd take it to Kate Birdie and give it to one of them boys. Let him have that burden on his back. Um, anyway, I, I, the, you're saying about the referee. At the referees, the referee, the, the, the Joel Ward, it was so, like you said, it was such an innocuous tackle. And, and the crowd, uh, you know, the scream, oh, yellow card. And Diaz, scream. So he's going he's gonna to double it up, they're going to get a yellow card. I just thought that we didn't deserve, like, like you said, from the very absolute, from the very first few minutes of the game, the crowd were on Guaita. And it was like, you would have got one to 100 on that he was going to get a yellow card. It was serious. Um, but I just, and, and Paul Glance is right, by the way, and he's just said in there that that shirt would not fit me. You're right. <laughs> right. Joe, I'm going to stop you there, if I may. Um, Teresa Baker says, leave Jordan alone. Thanks, Teresa. Lucy, what else have we got in the chat? 
okay in the chat and just before we go to the chat i'm just going to agree with uh ian lyons the the the, the messing about on the back line when sort of Guata was sort of taking goal kicks and it was just going along like the the, the, the sort of him and the, and the, our sort of back uh defenders he's just like no stop doing this don't do it um and i but then i did think well maybe it's because he's got like a big bruise on his cling filmed up shin maybe he can't kick the ball but then uh, they would just get them another player to kick the ball just don't be doing those tactics right to the comments we go um okay so um george i agree with jal we should give plonge or bowie a shout um steve jack retire the nine shirt um also we have um uh, Kev Lyons, everyone played well last night, uh, bar AU maybe. Um, oh, there we go. Hang on, let's well, let's get a few bits. Uh, uh, Paul Bristow, uh, Nunes has put every Premier League defender on alert to nibble at him and he will react. I totally agree. It, he'll be the news kind of Zaha, won't he, where you know there's that temper and there's that passion. And they're also super easy to wind them up. So I'm going to enjoy watching that for the next uh, few months. Uh, also, uh, Teresa says, I hate us playing against 10 men. Absolutely. I was watching with a couple of friends. I was like, right, 10 men, watch it. We're going to let one in. This is when Palace for years are at their sort of most sort of dangereux. Uh, also, uh, we have... Um, Paul Glant saying their noise picked up after they went 10 down. And that's always the way, isn't it? Sort of the the the, the 11th slash 12th man um, trying to get it. Alan Smith needs to retire. Um, Anderson passes were long balls and Van Dykes were passes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tim mentions it was on TalkSport. You haven't mentioned that much, Tim. We, were you on um, TalkSport, were you? Um, also, uh, let's also go on to um, bloody, bloody, blah. Uh, the oh, Kev lines again, the officials did well to ignore the crowd and the Liverpool moaning. I think they did get Vincent um, book, though. I did, I, don't get me wrong, they he did. was pushing his luck. But as Ian but said, it was like odds on he was going to get booked. Yeah, because they absolutely. were booing him for a minute five almost for taking gun yeah. kick when he wasn't taking any longer than any other player really exactly yeah and he did have that egg bruise on his shin um okay paul holden please can we have a shout out for luke plonge one more time of course you can back to you mr noble thank you very much indeed lucy um i just want to say a few words about the substitutions so the i, I was quite impressed by the way patrick used the substitutions in the second half all five subs three different periods obviously he brings three on together he brings hughes luca and chris richards on together with about 10 to play, is that right? About 10 minutes to play still. And he took off players. You think, oh, what's he taking him up for? But he, they know which players have got stuff in the tank still. They know which players are going to struggle in the last 10, 15 minutes with stoppage time. And I think that's what, what, why they did what they did. And I thought Luca did fine, I thought Chris Richards did fine, and Hughes did what he had to do. Ian? Yeah, I was just about to say that because, you know, I didn't give a... a, a Joe's bang on that Elise did more in five minutes than uh, IU did, uh, you know, and Eberi uh, did exactly the same when he came on in with five minutes. But I actually, I've got to give it to Chris Richards. He looked solid when he came on. And up until that point, um, uh, I think he took over from Mitchell, didn't he? But then he swapped over and Klein... Klein went left won. back. But, but Klein, I thought, had a superb game. Um, Decore, I think, struggling, struggling with fitness in a minute. Second time he's had to go off with cramp. You know, I don't know what they do in League Earn, but clearly it's not, you know, it's a massive step up for him. And hopefully it's in, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And Klein did really well moving to left back until he tried to swing at the ball with his left foot to put it down the line and put it in Rosette instead. But um, we'll forgive him that um, as it was quite late on in the game. But so, yeah. Um, Great, great reception um, for the Palace um, from the supporters in the ground. It was, you know, we I think we sold our allocation for what I could tell. There weren't many spare seats around me. These are the stats for the game, as you'd expect. Liverpool dominated possession. Um, only four to three shots on target. It's hardly anything in that. They had more shots off target. And some of those were reasonably close. But I saw somewhere in the chat, um, the commentary said when Salah, two foot wide, said, oh, that was close. And then when Zaha hits the post, they think he misses by miles. Sorry, can we have that back again, um, Nigel? The, the stats there, mate. Yeah. So um, corners, uh, passes. Yeah. That he, you know, this is this sums it up really from the point of view of possession. Um, but but free kicks, you know, for even stuff uh, and offside. So you know, we matched them. We we had a game plan and we stuck to it. 
and Patrick Vieira should take a lot of credit for what um, for what happened last night. So brilliant stuff, and it was great to be there. Here are the ratings. Um, we're not sure where these came from, but we quite like them. With Anderson getting a ten and a gold star, and uh, look at that: ten clearances, three interceptions, four block shots, five ball recoveries, hundred percent tackles one for one. <laughs> I love these stats; they're brilliant, aren't they? And uh, everyone had a good game. Ayu got a six, or is that five point five? Who knows? But uh, thanks, Nides, for that. Brilliant. Good. So, um, anyone on the panel here got anything else to say about the game last night, Gel? Uh, only stewards on that. Mitchell at a six. He had Salah in his pocket. Jesus, <laughs> who made that up? Literally, who made that up? That was, we don't know that where that just... came from. <laughs> but we thought I, we I, used The only it. thing okay. I will say, just mentioned in, in commentary um, about Joel Ward. He's now in his 11th season at Palace. I know it's not about a game, but very quickly. Have I, have I missed a testimonial this year? Have no, I? I think it'll be at I the don't... end of this season. I think it'll be the end of this season. I hope it's going to be the end of this season. Well, I hope he has one. I should be yeah. extremely disappointed with the club um, if they if they don't do anything. But um, I think the I think the problem with the close season we've just had it was so there was nothing of it, was there? There was no time to organise another fixture um, unless they'd said that Montpellier game was his testimonial. So I think testimonial was always better as a special game like Spirelli's was at the end of the season. And again, the problem we've got at the end of this season it finishes so damn late it doesn't finish till the last week of May. But let's hope we can squeeze in a testimonial for Joel Ward because, my goodness, doesn't he deserve it? He absolutely deserves it. So, yeah. So, um, let's move on, guys, if we may. Lucy, just want to... Can I I just highlight a really funny comment from Mark Bushell? I still don't know how we didn't win and lose that game, and I can totally empathise with that. I think that's brilliant. Well, when we got on the bus to go back into Lime Street, um, there were four of us and we had some colours on. And then throughout the Palace lads got on. And this bloke said, God, we should have won that, shouldn't we? God, we were all over him. He was, he was sort of half joking. And these Liverpool fans were just looking at us as if we were bonkers. But it was quite funny trying to wind the locals up in that respect. And back in the hotel, in the hotel bar, it was just full of Liverpool fans, full of tourists. And it was the same hotel we stayed in for the Everton game at the end of last season. 50 quid more for last night. 50 quid more because they were full because it was Liverpool playing, not Everton. Thieving bastards, that's what I say. Right, okay. Let's. I want, to, I want us to move on because we've got about sort of 20 minutes or so. And um, as I said at the top of the show, there's been a lot happening at Crystal Palace Football Club in this last week. And one of the things that's happened is the under-21s have played twice. And I got to see the first game against Brighton and we won 3-2. And we started with sort of about half a dozen uh, people that have played in the first team. So you've got Mateta there um, and... Um, Plange is on his left there. Uh, you know, we, we, we started with a really strong side, but so did they. They had players that were were in and around their first team too. Uh, and there was a, a classic case. I think Hughes played, didn't he? And one of their lads, I don't know if you've got a picture of this, Nigel, have you? With that lad that was rolling about like he'd been shot when he was just touched on the edge of the box. I can't remember his name now, but I think Brighton paid £10 million for him. And um, we haven't got a graphic of that one, obviously, never mind. We haven't rehearsed this, never mind. But uh, we won 3-2, which was great. And then on Friday night, I was out for dinner with some friends. And my phone was going ping, 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 ping. And it was the likes of Tom and a few others in the chat with um, with all the updates from the away game at Man United. So the under-21 team for Man United were setting things up for the weekend for their first team because we beat them 5-1 away from home. Um, and how their goalkeeper didn't get sent off, he just pushed one of our lads over. He just pushed him over. And um, it was, nothing happened, which I thought was bizarre. Um, Gel, come in and help me out. Again, the sycophancy regarding Man United and Palace, right, is that on Twitter, all they mentioned was, was it Robbie Savage's son, Charlie Savage? Did he score? Yeah. I think he had a blinder. Yeah. He scored, right? And 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 that was it. It was that was all it was. And then a load of United fans came in and went, "What about Charlie Savage? We lost five one." I did, I didn't know the result, and I'm thinking they're all going on. You know, loads of people going on about Charlie Savage and this great goal that he scored. And I'm thinking, oh, we've got you know about our backsides handed to us up there, but we had actually won five one. And I was like, in the I think I think people are getting getting the pox with this now. But um, 
But yeah, it'd be a nice mm. time to play United soon, wouldn't it? While they're it absolutely uh, on the next sides. Yeah. We've got them next month. Um, we play them at Sellers next month. Um, so here's the league table for the under 21s. It's it's not too clear, but look, Crystal Palace are top of the PL2 league. Uh, wouldn't it be great to go and win that? So good luck to the lads in their next game. And if if they do play at Sellers, which I think they're planning to a few times, you know, get yourself down there if you can. And support the lads. So um, let's look at let's look at the the games that are coming up because I think that last night's draw is only any good if we go and beat the Villa. But before we do that, let's talk about the League Cup. Um, this time next week, I'll be in Oxford. Who's joining me? So in the chat, if you're coming to Oxford next Tuesday night, tell us you're going to be there. Um, Oxford away. Um, we haven't had a competitive fixture against Oxford since. 1998, we won 3-1 away from home when a certain Clinton Morrison was on the score sheet. Now, the League Cup has been a bit of a, uh, a kind of competition that we've sort of loved and hated over the years. We've made the semi-final four times um, and we've lost on each occasion. 93, 92-93 uh, to Arsenal, 94-95 to Liverpool, um, year 2001 to Liverpool and most recently, 2011-2012 um, to Cardiff, and I'll never forget that second leg uh, tie in Cardiff because that was a day my first granddaughter was born, and um, I had to make sure she. Uh, I went to see her in the morning in the hospital, and then I was able to get down to Cardiff for the game in the evening. And had she hung on a bit, my daughter, then I probably wouldn't have gone to the game. But uh, but anyway, you don't need to know that. So League Cup semi final. We've never been to Wembley in the final. Uh, we play Oxford next Tuesday. Only one team on that pitch have ever won the League Cup. Oxford United in 1985. Uh, and let's see if we can go one better than the last three seasons when we haven't gone past the second round, ladies and gentlemen. Second round, last three seasons we've gone out. So we need to go one better on Tuesday night away at Oxford. So, as I said earlier, the, the point at Anfield is probably only any good if we beat the Villa. So let's talk about that game. Um... Tell us your score predictions in the chat. What, how do you think we're going to get on against Aston Villa? Three o'clock kickoff, Sellers Park next Saturday. I'm going to come to you, Gel, first of all, um, for your prediction and any changes you would make to the starting eleven. Hope that's not under the proverbial bus too much. Uh, well, firstly, I think we'll win 3-1. Um, I can't see why at least they won't start. Um, if not a, a, a buoy uh, out, out uh, in the, you know, just out wide, um, maybe we need to to give the core a, uh, a a game off if he's suffering with cramp. Uh, just going back to that point as well, you know, he's come out of a league into into the probably the fastest league in the world uh, where you have to be a hundred percent fit. Um, so, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see too many changes. Well, saying I don't see too many changes, we won't be playing five at the back. That's a that's a dead cert. But uh, I'd like to see us uh, play two up front and properly go for it, because I think if uh, if we can get Eze on song with Wilf and they do seem to be forming some sort of understanding, I think it'll just cause problems from from all day. So you go three one Elise to start, or if not Abui, um on the yes. right flank instead of Ayu. And um, yes. not for, not five at the back, which I sort of get as well. Um, Ian, what are your thoughts about Saturday's game? I think having seen uh, what I have, and you know, said that we, I think we could be, uh, we've got a lot more to come. It could be anything from four nil win to us to losing two nil. Um, I think uh, in my heart of hearts, I'd be happy with a point, but I think we'll scrape it two one. Uh, I think we might play the back three with pushing the wing-backs on after that experiment at Anfield. They won't be quite so defensive. They'll be more offensive. Um, but, uh, I again, I think with players going out, I can see Elise or uh, Ebioe coming in uh, for IU, certainly. Um, and I'd like to see Edward getting a start up front again. I thought he was unlucky to, to have been dropped for Anfield. I still think he's a quality player. And I think if we do play... Three five one or three five two, then uh, then at least he will get the service that he actually needs. Brilliant. Okay, and if if as Jill said, Dekure does get a rest, 
I don't think he will, but if he did, would you bring Luca in and trust him in the yeah, defensive like, from, what from, from what I've seen in the last two his last two cameos, he's looks far, far sharper than he than he he, he did last year, uh, last season. And we know why, because obviously there was stuff going on for him but uh, back. But it's nice to see he's got his head down and there's competition there. I don't think Hughes will get a start. Um, Schlupp is looking a bit patchy at the minute, but we all know that he's just, you know, solid and steady anyway. But yeah, I'd put, I'd put Luca in. Brilliant. Joe, I'll come to you in a sec. Luca, when he was warming up last night at Anfield in front of the Palace fans, um, they were singing the uh, He Comes From Serbia song, you know, and he was laughing and joking and smiling and waving. Elise, they were singing Michael Elise runs down the wing for me. Not a blink from him. Not a, not a look towards the Palace fans. Nothing. Um, maybe it's just the way different players deal with it. But, um, you know, I sort of would quite like Michael Lee that turn around, at least acknowledge the Palace fans when they're seeing his name when he's warming up. But that's probably for another time. Joe? Uh, e, I, I mean, I'd take Hughes. Hughes or Milivojevic starting in the middle. I think they're both, you know, they're both tough tacklers. They're both decent at passing. Um you know, one's one's right footed, one's left footed. Play either side of the either side of the centre. So, but yeah, I, I I think we have now bolstered our midfield to a point where we can bring on light for light players. I'd like to think that we would have a player that's going, you know, someone that pushes forward more than being defensive. You know, we can have a defensive midfielder and an attacking midfielder. Um, whoever decides to do that, I mean, obviously it's got to be. For me, as I to, to sit in that number ten. Cheers, Joe. Thank you, um, Lucy. What's the opinion in the chat about Saturday's game? Okay, so John CPFC says today. Keith Madge Diamond says three one. Teresa Baker says two nil to Palace. Tony Quinn says two all. Uh, Paul McNamara Obi says two one to Palace. John CPFC says nil uh, nil. Tim Davis, I think three one to us. Um, oh, lost where I go. Uh, we'll go back to three uh, four three three. Says Kev Lyons. I say a two one. I can't see Elise starting. I'd like to see him coming on earlier, maybe sort of at the sort of sixty fifth, seventy minute mark, as opposed to like five minutes or so. Uh, Steve Jupp says 2-0 to Palace. Tony Quinn says 2-all. Yeah, agrees with me. Andy Stacey, 2-0 uh, to the to the red and blue. Daniel Garlic, 3-1. Um, Jones says, depends what players Vieira puts out in the cup game versus Oxford, whether we win against Villa, I guess. Um, Danny uh, Tucky says 2-1 to us. Villa will score. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, John says, uh, wish that Malcolm could start. Paul Holden, 2-1 to Villa. Palace Pin says um, one all. Um, Kev Lyons um, sort of raises his eyebrow at my shock draw prediction. Uh, Chris Phillips says 3 0 to Palace. AU hat trick. Chris, stop it with the magic mushrooms. Like, <laughs> he's not going to get a hat trick unless it's a hat trick of, of falling down. Uh, Paul Glance says, I think we have such a good team and squad 4 0. Tom, 2 1. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, John CPFC says we'll okay. need a forward. Joan Wells says blinking train strike on Saturday. Excellent point, Joan. And there's lots of tube issues as well. Nightmare. Yeah, okay. Joe, I'm going to come to you in a second. Lucy, what was your prediction? I wasn't listening properly. <laughs> Two all. I think we will go for it. I think it'll be a draw. Two all. And Ian, what did yeah. you say? I said 2 1 to us. But you want to I, did, I did say that, but John, I know, I, I know what you said. I don't get you. I don't get where you all think the goals are coming from. I still think we need to improve in that. But as I was saying, I said if we if we play three and then a midfield five, then I think that's where it will it will be better. So you're saying two one, and I will go two nil. There, I think we're going to keep the clean sheet. Um, so there we go. Um, yeah. So. What did I just read on screen a minute ago? Paul Bristow, he's, he comes up from Plymouth, Paul, every game, home and away. He's got to drive up because of the bloody rail strike. Paul, safe trip up, mate. And he also, Lucy, if you could find this in the chat for us, please, um, mention about when the under-21s are playing next at Sellers Park. I saw it flash up earlier, but if we could just get that communicated shortly, that would be really great. Gel. I don't know if you can see that. You see no, that? I can't. See that? Danny Topley last night. Yeah, for a 1 1 draw. As Danny Topley sent that to me after the game. He cashed out, cashed out for 70 quid. 
don't know anyone that had Palace to, to draw one-one one yesterday. Do you? <laughs> no, but what I will, good. What, well, what I will say is at half-time when we were one-nil up. Liverpool were still favourites to win that, and then draw was second favourite, and then us to hold out and win was the third was you know the uh, the longest odds. Unbelievable! There Man. we go. Um, I love it when people tell us about their their bets that come in, but how many times do they bet and they lose, and we never hear about it. That's what I want to know. But uh, there we go. So there we go. The other twenty ones have two games at Sellers Park next month, Friday the second um, of September against Tottenham, and Friday the sixteenth against Chelsea. Great opposition, mm. so I'm going to try and get to one of those or both of them if I can. I'll have to have a word with Mrs. Noble, make sure she lets me out. Okay, that's great. Um, um, we're nearly done, guys, but it, it would be wrong not to mention um, Channel 4, Thursday evening, 9pm. Um, Football Dreams, the Academy. Um, who, who watched it on the panel? Um, we haven't rehearsed this bit, but uh, did we watch it, guys? No, no, not had a chance. Oh, Lucy, did you see it? No, sorry, it's um. Oh, I've got rubbish no panel tonight. Forget what I said <laughs> at the top of the show about the A team. I can't believe you guys didn't watch this. It was great. Tell us what you think in the chat of the uh, of the documentary on Channel Four. Absolutely brilliant. Um, really good to see. What well, I was really impressed actually by the attention to detail of the staff to the kids. The way they, uh, the way you looked out for them, and of course they're, they they've got big dreams. These kids, they're only young, some of them, but but the way they handled it was was brilliant. And um, yeah, someone said it, it, it sort of it's it's sort of made me cry. And 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 you got the um, you got the you got the feeling that you know some of these kids were thinking about the big money already, which is a bit of a shame because you know one of the lads mentioned you know lives in a you know South London council flat with his single. Um, single mum and all the rest of it, and he's saying, "Well, when I start playing football, I'm going to buy my mum a house and a car and everything." And um, so they get it that football is earn big money, but they've actually got to got to make sure that um, they get their feet on the ground. And I think the staff at Palace are doing a great job there, and the the series I, don't, I can't remember how many um, episodes there are, maybe half a dozen. I think it follows a different group each week, so. Six of them. Thank you, Ian. So Thursdays, nine o'clock, Channel Four. Um, if you can't watch it live, set set it to record. Make sure you catch up with it. Um, really worth seeing. Uh, recommend it to you. Um, we 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 we. Paul, thank you for mentioning this. Um, the the death threats to Joachim Anderson. Uh, shocking business, really. You know, we talked about the the incident uh, during the game, of course. Um, you know, it transpires on social media today. He's had between three and four hundred really offensive social media messages mainly on his instagram page and um i did look at his stories earlier on this afternoon i flicked through these it was shocking stuff what i was reading it really was horrible uh, vitriolic nasty stuff and i really hope that the police get involved and the um uh, fa uh, premier league rather really crack down on this they'll, they'll probably never find out who these faceless idiots are but it's got to stop. It really is a very sad um, state of affairs on the back of um, the game that we all love. Joe? You know, I see if Liverpool Football Club actually did think about it as well. You know, they, yeah. they can apologise to him, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, on the club's behalf. But uh, yeah, there's there's no place there's no place for that. Unfortunately, we we you know it's a it's not a new thing. You know, Wilf's Wilf's had it before and. And and other players will will get it as well. So you know, I mean, they they, they literally are so blinded. Some people that it, it, yeah. it, it was quite quite literally not his fault. And uh, but it is what it is. Just it, it, he'll get on with it. I, I imagine he might be a little bit alarmed, but it's just part of being a, a, a top footballer. I'm afraid. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, my, my travelling companion, Yasmin Broom, says it's disgusting, made worse by Liverpool fans, defending it by saying he went down too early. Couldn't agree more, Yaz. Um, OK, so um, we've done that. Um, just one more thing to talk to you about this evening. Um, we've got a few competitions going on uh, amongst the fan base this year. We've got Super 6, uh, Lucy Super 6. There you are, Lucy. Highlighted with 22 points. Oh, look, I've got 22 points as well. And um, Andrew Milne on 28. Congratulations, Andrew. Andrew. 
And uh, Nigel Cratch is up there as well. So Ian Donald, a few Colin Squires and a few others there. Brilliant. And we're also doing um, a fantasy um, FPL league. Um, well done to the Wilfy Wanderers at the top. 156 points so far after two game weeks. I am second bottom, I think, at the moment. I had a shocker of a week one. 25 points is all I've got in week one. Uh, but I had a much better second game week. I had 68 points in the second game week. So I am, I'm green arrows all the way now. I'm green arrows all the way. Say, what say. Number five. I know what you're laughing at, Lions. Yes. <laughs> Not in a forest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I noticed that one. I noticed that one. That was a good one, wasn't it? Fantastic. That was a good one. Fantastic. Yeah, very good. Who thinks these names up? Brilliant. Very just good. on that, oh, just on that, Ian. Lucy. Sorry to in, in, interrupt you. It's not too late to join those leagues. You can find the pins and the codes and all that you need on all of the socials. So just have a scroll through those trees, and I can see that um, as a birthday present to yourself, you want to join both the leagues. So do that tomorrow <laughs> and have a very happy birthday as well. Look at that two for one. Happy birthday, Teresa, for tomorrow. That's brilliant. Yeah, do join the leagues if you haven't joined already. Super Six or FPL, you'd be very, very welcome. So, um, guys, we come to the end of another show. That hour has flown by, everyone. So my thanks to Lucy Usher, uh, Jill Holyoke, and Ian Lyons, and from me, Ian Noble. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again next time, everyone. Good night. Cheerio. Thank you. Thank you.